You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Hello and welcome along to the latest Today's Conveyancer podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jason Howarth. Jason is the founder and currently the chief product officer at VEA, although from what uh, Jason tells me, that role fluctuates a little bit from time to time, uh, as uh, as founders' roles do. Thanks very much indeed for joining us today, Jason. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for inviting me. We'll launch right into uh, this because uh, VEA is um, probably not particularly well known in the conveyancing market at the moment. Uh, and uh, the question on everybody's lips by the end of this conversation will be where on earth did the name come from? Because it it, it flies frighteningly close to VAO, which was, of course, the ill-fated Law Society initiative. But for, tell us tell us initially, where, where does the idea for VAO come from? Tell us a little bit about, about what it is that you're doing. Of course, well, so it starts way back in 2013. Um, funnily enough, it takes a while for these to come to fruition. Um, so I was working as a consultant in financial services and my youngest uh, was born and I thought you know what actually this is great but I I didn't have a pension at that point in time and I had no other real assets so everybody was kind of jumping onto the buy to let wagon so I thought okay let's let's do that sounds sounds reasonable and bear in mind I hadn't bought a property for quite some years prior to that so I thought be fairly straightforward so where where I'm based David we could still you know there's a lot of terrace properties that are very reasonable repriced or they were in 2013 um, so embarked on that sort of journey, really. I identified some, went to the viewings, and kind of quite typically, I guess, the estate agent would wax lyrical about what the property had, and it's got parking, and it's got this, and it's got that. Um, in hindsight, they didn't really understand if it was leasehold or the term or anything like that. But anyway, by the by, so. We'd find a property say yeah okay that's great we put an offer in offer got negotiated accepted we'd start down the journey and then obviously what, what usually kind of around eight eight weeks in i guess um is where the conveyancer would do their initial title report back to us and say this is what you've got this is what you've not got and we'd sit there and go no 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 we've we've got parking allocated because the estate agents told us that um and the conveyancer would look at me and go no you haven't you don't own that that is owned by the property two doors down you won't got this you've still got a right of access for someone to drag their bins across the backyard every thursday i'm like well i don't want that then that's that's not very appealing to a tenant is it so we would invariably on a number of occasions we'd pull out at that point david and you know because that wasn't what we'd been led to believe we were actually buying so it kind of got the better of me in the fact that i'm quite process orientated so thought right you know what and this happened a number of times to us before we finally sort of bought some properties but bear in mind David we it took us over 18 months to get the first buy to let because we kept going through this cycle it was a nightmare right um so I thought right the only way to really kind of understand this is let's let's set up our own estate agency so with the help of the wife um and some local resource and knowledge we set up an estate agency not to be the biggest not to be to grow massively it was genuinely to really understand why 
why this was happening. Um, so over the course of a few months, I still had my day job. So over the evening, I, I would sit there and I would kind of map this stuff out and, and understand what had gone on during the days. I go, well, actually, if we did that there and I did that there, what would that do? And we started to trial different things, really, manually, very manually in our own estate agency. And the kind of light bulb moment came when we started to really understand a little bit about title registers. And so within, and within that document, David, is kind of a wealth of information um, that a lot, a lot of agents kind of just totally disregard, right? They say title, it's a legal document, it's nothing to do with me, it's a conveyances role. Well, kind of, but kind of not, because apart from anything else, it's a, it's a key and vital document in proving ownership. Okay, so when you're sat in the living room and you're doing the appraisal, that is one of the very key documents that an agent should be using. So, okay, you've got the ownership, but sometimes it's not always that black and white. It could be that, yeah, okay, two people own the property, but then actually there's a trustee involved and there might be an interim charging order involved. So actually all these, from an ownership point of view, you've got legal owners, but you've also got people with a, a legal and equitable interest in it. Right. And, and obviously that that starts to go into legal speak then. So as an agent level, that, that starts to go over my head a little bit. I'm like, I kind of get it, but I don't. And that was kind of where the idea of vague was born. It's like, well, do you know what? If we could understand these and simplify it. So it's not it's not doing the role of conveyance by any stretch. But for, as an agent, it's just really simplifying it into layperson's terms. What does that mean to me? And what does that mean to the buyer, the seller, and ultimately the transaction, David? Because let's be honest, as an agent, if I couldn't get that transaction over the line or the team couldn't, we weren't getting paid. So, you know, and obviously the buyer, the seller, they all want to move quickly. So that was kind of where the idea came from. It, it was born from our own pains, proven out in our own estate agency, and then towards the latter years is automated to what varies today. And Surveyor is a uh, an automated sort of title report of some description then, Jason? Yeah, so what it what it does at its core is it, it does exactly that. It, it We enter just um, property, a very basic property address, and it talks only to land registry because we're only interested, is that property registered or is it not? That That's the first question we need to know. Once it kind of ascertains and it comes back and says, yeah, OK, I am registered, I, I add that to my portfolio in Bayer, and then it does, it's looking for the common scenarios that are going to come out. So it will look at um, ownership. It will look at, you know, are there restrictions on the title? Are there things that can impact the sale? I.e., um, you know, part of the land might have been sold off and is now resident on another title. Or I've got a farmhouse and that's linked to a building and a, and a garage. So, but it simplifies all of that. So in doing that as well, David, what it does is it, it's got um it's got quite an intelligent scoring system that again it, it's not to the end detail but it allows anybody to pick that report up and look at it and go okay this is either sort of low medium or high complexity there are things in here if it's high that are going to be quite challenging to probably get this transaction over the line you know taking taking the chain to one side and what that then enables an estate agent to do david is is a couple of things right is if I start to understand that and I understand it's high risk before I've walked through the door, I can really weave that into my conversation. You know, so not only, oh, it's a lovely four bed detached Mrs. Jones with a nice kitchen and a nice view. It's, 
you you weave some of this in and say, for example, oh, I've noticed that your garden's a little bit irregular shapes, but but we know because it got sold off, right? So that property over there, and the vendor literally sits there, David, and goes, "How do you know that?" Well, that that's that's why you've invited us out, and that's why we're a two percent or two point five percent agent because we understand, and we can, you know, with some of these other things we've identified. Okay, listen, you don't need. You don't, let's not worry about it because we know about it, and, and we're best place to help you. So, what we what we did as well is we tried and tested David is flexing our fee according to the complexities that we could see in the register, and we could absolutely justify that. So we'd sit there and say, actually, no, actually, here's a really simple one. There's nothing in it. It's great. Um, do you know what? We we can do this for one percent. We're fine with that. Whereas we go and we see one that was maybe unregistered or was just really complex, and we're like, listen, we're at two percent, but this is why we're at two percent for this one. And then from a sales progression perspective, David, obviously when it's into the conveyancing is, so again, instead of Mrs. Jones phoning up being totally, you know, what's happening, what's happening, we could be very proactive and go, right, Mrs. Jones, we need to understand, we can see there's a there's a trust involved. We need to understand who's party to the trust. We need to understand, we need to get them to agree the sales contract. We need to do IDMV. So from, from a compliance point of view as well, David, we really kind of really did know our customer and we really did understand what we were taking on at the point of taking it on. And that 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 just benefited the, the estate agency massively. And it, it kind of grew a little bit too big. It was never the intention and eventually we wound it down. But still to this day, we get people messaging me going, oh, blah, blah, you've been referred. Can you can you list our property? And I'm like, oh, sorry, don't do it anymore. <laughs> but um, that that it's just such a wealth of information in there and it's a shame that agents don't i i think i think part of the reason is david is viewed as a legal document in its own right and some of it can be quite complex right so agents don't want to be conveyances conveyances don't want to be agents absolutely you don't but it's just having them that bit of knowledge that can just really help you there's a huge drive uh in the estate agency world and indeed in the conveyancing world to improve the amount of information that's available up front which is very largely what you're talking about isn't it improving the information that's available up front there's a, a, a i get this sense that they actually takes what is being proposed um, a b and c uh, by the national training standards and estate agents and lettings team um it takes that a step further i mean do you think that the uh, proposals go far enough do you think that actually agents need to be better armed uh, to, to get hold of this material information up front yeah and it's, it's a question david and obviously you know as of today that the full standards haven't been released but from what we can see the, the way we understand it is section a i believe is kind of largely covered by what an agent does today or certainly within their crms it should be pulling that through b and c yeah, you know, they start to talk about now about restrictive covenants and easements. So I, I think that's a really good thing, right? Because that's kind of what they is helping bring to the surface. But where an agent I think is going to struggle then is, so I, I go out, I take a property on, I list it. And for example, I pull the title and I, and I take the time to painstakingly go through it and go, or well, there's a data set that tells me there's restrictive covenants, etc. That's That's great. But what's the first question a buyer is going to ask me, David? They're going to go, oh, I can see this restrictive covenant. What does it mean to me? How's an agent going to answer that question? 
how they're going to understand how that affects a transaction. Could be something within that transaction that could limit the number of lenders, right? So it could be a certain restriction that certain lenders go. If you you know if we look at their their risk profile, they go, well, we wouldn't lend against that. Yet I could have little Johnny come two weeks later with a decision in principle from that very lender, right? And today we're going to let him go all the way down the journey until <laughs> the point where they turn around and go, no, we're not lending. And how many weeks have we wasted? So. The upfront information I think is really good and is really valid. It's either adopt to you know some of the some of the tools like Bayer, or there's gonna to have to be some significant upskilling within within an agency. You said that conveyances don't want to be agents, agents don't want to be conveyances. I think that's um I think that's very true. They're, they're two very different skill sets. But to some extent, what you're proposing here is that agents actually become a much um or could become a much bigger part of the conveyancing process yes absolutely so again it, it kind of goes way back to to back to the start right so if i if we used to sit there and we would understand that like say maybe maybe there was a trust involved maybe there's some other elements to it um it, it could be something david like there's a ccj registered against the title right and you could have a mr and mrs whereas it could be Mr. or Mrs. might not even know about that CCJ, all right? So it then becomes, a, you know, a really sensitive situation and a duty of care because actually selling their property might not be, be in the best interest, right? But the fact that I, I understand this at the start, when we get a sale, when we pass the memo of sale over to conveyancer, we weren't just passing, and, and our customers are not just passing the memo of sale now. They're going, here's the memo of sale. Here's the official copy of register and plan. And here's the very report which just surfaces some of the things initially. So as, as part of that, for example, here you go. Um, the title said that they were not married when they bought the property. So it was still in a maiden name. They've since got married. Do you know what? We've already got the marriage certificate certified. And here you go. So, it, it that, that, you know, to a conveyancer, it's like, they, they're so they're so kind of grateful to receive that information. Obviously, they're going to check it. Of course, they are. That's, that's their role, right? But to just go, brilliant. So they now understand some of that back history, and it just gives them an upper leg. So you, you can start to cut down, excuse me, some of those sort of unnecessary inquiries that people, you know, you see it on LinkedIn all the time, right? I've been asking inquire about all this different stuff. It, you can start to cut some of that down. And what we saw and some of our clients have seen now is that end to end time is coming down significantly because we've done things like we've got a marriage certificate, we've we've identified all the people part of the trust, you know, we've done all of that. Absolutely, you guys are going to do it again in convincing world. But now you know who it is. You're not starting on cold. You, you identified in the course of the conversation that actually having this information to hand enabled you to flex your fees as an yeah. estate agent to my mind having this information as part of a conveyancing fee triage is going to enable conveyances to do the same thing actually to say look mr and mrs jones we know from the information that we've been provided that this is going to be a more complex case and therefore our fees are reflective of that rather than this sliding scale that many conveyances use based on the value of the property Yes, 100%. And, and interestingly, David, so we, we've just recently got into um, conveyancing market as well. And that's kind of exactly what they're looking at for Bayer. So you go, 
okay, even even from an initial quoting aspects, right, you could start to bring this in because the quoting method is kind of blind. They, 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 they don't really understand what they're quoting on, right? Is, is it free or is it lease or is it? And again, sometimes the people who are asking for them quotes don't know either, right? Because they've not had the, the information. So that absolute triage is, is key because Bayer kind of does its initial analysis and based on the complexity scoring, it allows the conveyances to go, actually, that is more suited to Steve in the corner because he knows all about, you know, the, the, the kind of issues or the risks that have been identified here, rather than today, sometimes they're just given to a, to a conveyance who maybe is fresh out of training, right? So that that triage and that whole onboarding is is absolutely key in helping the conveyancing firms that we're working with. And, it, and it's not just conveyancing firms, David, as well. So you look at it and again, we're talking to equity release firms. All these people need to understand the title, right? To understand if I'm doing equity release, but they don't want there to be something in there, um, you know, that's, that's going to cause them a problem later on. But nine times out of 10, when they're having that conversation with a person, they don't know that. They're just not armed with that information. It's interesting that, Jason, I'd not really thought about the benefit from a resourcing point of view that actually pointing the case at somebody that's uh, perhaps got more experience or more skill in, in something, you know, leasehold or, or, or new build, for example, alongside the, um, the, the quotation side of things. You also touched on onboarding and compliance. We did a podcast with Paul Offley, who's the Group Compliance Officer at Nurture, which is Fine and Country and the Guild of, of Property Agents. And he's a big uh, exponent of using the title to actually verify the ownership as well uh, as part of your IDV and, and anti-money laundering uh, processes. We've partnered with um, Third Fort, who, who offer a very integrated solution to, to VAYA and a complementary one. So you can also perform AML, IDMV and source of funds within VAYA. What VAYA does is it pulls through the names exactly from the register initially anyway. So there's no kind of miskeying, there's no there's nothing where you can go wrong there or miss a middle name or anything like that. So when it's doing the verification, we know that we've got those details correct, right? We can also start to bring that back in and look for anomalies and any sort of red flags. So let's say it was a sole ownership with no mortgage um, and there was no restriction that prevents, you know, that needs a secondary um, signatory or anything like that. So we can start to really help an agent and go, listen, there's a there's a heightened risk of fraud with this transaction, right? Because because there's no restriction, it's 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 a sole proprietor, et cetera, et cetera. You talked about VAYA crossing over into the conveyancing arena and, and the benefits potentially for conveyances. Um, how do you see that developing over the course of the next few years in your role as chief product officer, amongst <laughs> many other things? Many other things. So we're doing a lot around onboarding with, with these guys at the minute. And that's really interesting, even to a point of looking at the flows, right, and going, right, OK, let's understand at what point you take money on account. Let's understand at what point you do IDMB. What point do you call the register? And again, it kind of taking me back to the 2013 days is, is just mapping this thing out and then going, actually, it, it kind of if we did that here, that would make more sense. Efficiency would improve. Your compliance would improve. 
So today, we're, we're very focused on onboarding. Going forward, I absolutely see David that it will it will go into more of the sort of the conveyancing role. So at the minute, we're kind of pre-conveyancing, if that makes sense. We're doing all the supporting work to help them. Then we'll start to look at the conveyances and say, right, okay, let's now understand. We can see some of the pain points in your world. And I absolutely think they can help address some of those. Um, again, even even some of the simple things like, you know, got a request a redemption statement. Do you know what? Okay, let, let's automate that call out. Let's automate that. You don't have to, we shouldn't have to be logging into a lender's portal that times out after 20 seconds or whatever it is, right? It's insane. Let's just make the call. We'll do it. We'll return it to you. So it's not taking away that that role of the conveyancer, but it's just meaning that they become that much more efficient. And obviously, if you become more efficient, then the high volume of cases now becomes more sort of amenable to be able to get through them, you know, instead of just having the load stacked um, where, you know, and it just delays. So, but yeah, the, the other side is um, financial services. So my background working with the big four, again, I saw some of the pain points from their side of the fence from, from a consumer. So we can start to understand, would that lender lend against his property or would it require indemnities? Let's start to flush that out. And ultimately, this will probably all culminate in, in a consumer offering as well, David, because if I'm if I'm a buyer and I and I see a property listing and it says it's got restrictive covenants and I go to the agent and for whatever reason they can't help me kind of explain, then having it having a simple very report on my phone that does explain, you know, it it could save me literally hundreds of well thousands of pounds right in surveys and all the rest of it to find out at the end. Well, do you know what I I wanted to run this type of business but there's restriction and I can't do that or the lender won't lend against that sort of restriction. It's it's heartbreaking, right? And ultimately, that's costing the UK economy millions because that deal falls through. Then the removal guides and get paid. The carpet guy, you know, right? It, it's kind of endless. So, so yeah, that's how I see it building out. We're certainly starting to see the portals, right? Move Zoopla on the market adopt more of this information, isn't it? So, so I suppose the the utopia for you is uh, actually having a VAR listing on on Zoopla or something like that. I would guess. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, kind of um, rubber stamped by Veya before it it kind of gets in there, and, and and yeah, we are we are we are in conversations with portals, funnily enough. That's as much as we've got time for today. But it's been really interesting chatting, Jason. Thanks so much for your time. I am going to ask you the question: Veya, Veo, unplanned, <laughs> deliberate? What's the uh, what's the connection? Totally unplanned. Totally unplanned. Um, th- the name came about because we did a, we ran a customer focus group, so we showed customers very early on prototypes and we said you know we we, we need to find a name so veya came out and it and it kind of someone said oh you know conveyancer um surveyor so that's how it kind of came around and we're like oh yeah that kind of fits really <laughs> so yeah to- totally unrelated totally on plan fair enough thanks so much for joining the today's conveyancer podcast thank you david it's available you. on your preferred podcast provider it's also available on the today's conveyancer website jason Delighted to have you on. Thanks so much. And uh, thank you very much indeed for listening. See you again soon.
You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.